Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerfil enbiyayi vel mursalin Muhammedur Resulullahi sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. Tesliman kathiran kathiran. Fama ba'du. An Jabir bin Abdillah. Radiyallahu anhuma kala kala. Kala kana Resulullahi sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. Yekulu fi khutbatihi. Bihamdillahi ta'ala ve yusni alayhi bima huwa ahluhu thumma yaqul Men yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu ve men yudlil fala hadiya lahu Inna asdaqal hadithi kitab Allah ve ahsanal hadi hadi Muhammedin sallallahu alayhi ve sellem ve şerrul umuri muhdasatuha ve kullu muhdasitin bida'a وَكُلُّ بِدَعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلُّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ This is Sahih and it, this is in Sunan al-Nasai. Jabir bin Abdullah uh, narrated and reported that Rasulullah would praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his khutbah and then he would praise him as Allah deserves to be praised and then he would say Whomever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can lead him astray. And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows to go astray, no one can guide him. The truest word is the book of Allah. And the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The most evil matters in religion are those that are newly invented. For every newly invented matter is an innovation. Every innovation is misguidance. And every misguidance is in hellfire. The reason I am mentioning this, I started with this is because I think it is very important for us to understand that the reason why we have Islam, Alhamdulillah, 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 in a preserved state, Alhamdulillah, uncorrupted, from the first day, when Rasulullah conveyed this message is because the ulama ul-haq, the aima ul-haq, the imams and the ulama of truth, they guarded the truth of this religion at any cost. They paid for it with their blood, they paid for it with position, they paid for it with their lives. But they did not allow the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be corrupted by anyone for any reason. One of the most beautiful stories in this connection is the story of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. Rahmatullah Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahmatullah who lived in the time of Mamun al-Rashid, the son of Harun rashid Mamun got towards the tail end of his life, he got uh, influenced by the Mu'tazila. There was a sect of people called the Mu'tazila. They're very, very much like those people who uh, today they try to talk about how science and, you know, uh, for anything you say, well, where is the scientific evidence and all this kind of thing. I, I don't want to go into the Akida of the Mu'tazila. We don't want to talk about Batil. But they were there. And they became very powerful. And Mamun fell into their trap. 
One of the key things that the Mu'tazila were trying to push was that the Qur'an al-Kareem, Kalamullah, was a created thing. Whereas, the haq about it is that the Qur'an is Kalamullah. It is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is not a created, it is not makhluk, it is not a created thing. It is the speech of Allah, it is an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is one of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this continued and Mamun summoned all the well-known ulama of the time and he got them in the court and he said, declare that the Quran is created and fearing for their life and so on and so forth, whatever it was, Allah knows best, they all declared, yes, it is a created thing. But Mamun knew and everybody knew that the premier alim of the time was Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. He was the the Imam of Majid and Nabi Sharif and he was a muhaddith and he was a great alim. So Mamun's people told him until Ahmad bin Hanbal declares it, nobody will believe you. No matter who else says anything. So get, get him to come and accept this. So Mamun tried many ways. He sent letters, this, that. Imam Ahmad said, give me evidence from the Quran and Sunnah, I will accept it, no problem. So give me evidence to show, from the Quran and Sunnah, show me evidence that this is makhluk. Obviously there is no evidence, they can't show it. So Mamun summoned, he sent his troops and he said, bring him here. At that time Mamun was campaigning in Byzantium. So the story is that Muhammad bin Ahmad, the son of Imam Ahmad, he says, my father always used to make dua for a man who we knew was one of the biggest highway robbers and bandits of the place. Right? This man was like this. He was a big guy. But my father used to make dua. Ya Allah, he used to make a lot of dua for this man. So he said, I asked my father one day, I said, why do you make dua for this man? Who, who is this man? He's a, he's a, as far as we know, he's a crook. He's a thief. He's a bandit. Imam Ahmad said to him, when Mamun called me, the soldiers came. They took him from Badina. He was supposed to go to Baghdad and then onwards to where Mamun was. So he said, they arrested me. They were taking me. He said, as we came out of Madina, we came, we are now going towards Baghdad. We passed a small, like a village. And one man came out of this village and he caught the bridle of my camel. And he said, Ya Imam, ittaqullah. He said, fear Allah. My mother said, I started crying. I said, it is the fear of Allah which brought me into this place now. Now, if I did not fear Allah, I would have said what I had to say, what the king wants me to say. He said, I fear Allah. He said, I am not afraid of prison. I am not afraid of being killed. Alhamdulillah. He said, I am afraid of being beaten. If I am whipped, what will happen? Imam Ahmad said, this man, he lifted his shirt. He turned around, he lifted his shirt. And Imam Ahmad said, I have never seen a back like that in my life. His back was completely like a, you know, he said, I cannot describe it. It was completely torn up. And then he says, he turned around and he said, yeah, Imam. With all of these beatings, 
they could not change me from following shaitan you are telling me that beating will change you from following allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he said ya imam only the first one hurts after that you don't feel the pain eh mama said that's why i make dua for this man because this man gave me the strength he was taken by the time he got there mamun died and mamun's successor was motasim so motasim called him to baghdad tried to persuade him in different ways he wouldn't listen so they locked him up they put him in jail he was in jail for over a year almost 2 years and finally motasim was surrounded by the motazila advisors so finally their head advisor he said to him look this man you have to somehow make him do it so motasim called him and he they stripped him and they whipped him in the open court until he and this was on the 18th of ramadan imam ahmad was fasting he was very old ha eh? until he they beat him so much and and the blood was flowing and he was losing consciousness until the same man who advised he said look if you if this man dies here then we will have a rebellion on this on our hands because the people will rise up against you so you better stop this so they stopped it and they put him back in prison they say that when they used to dress they used to dress the wounds a piece of of flesh had fallen out of his back with the beating they said the whole the the, the person dressing his whole hand would go inside that hole it was so severely beaten during that imprisonment imprisonment one of the court ulama eh, what i call scholars for dollars So one of the court scholars for dollars he came to me and he told him look just simply accept and then when you go back to Madina say what you want doesn't matter just say it here Imam Ahmad stood up he told him look outside this window outside the window was the whole area was filled with thousands of people people knew what was going on So they were all there waiting to see what is Imam Ahmad bin Ambal going to say even if it is his last words we want to be witness to that Imam Ahmad said if i say something against the kitab of Allah these are my witnesses before Allah ha huh? what will i say to them This man said to him if you if you continue this if you die it will be suicide and suicide is haram this is the this is the issue you know people think that they can give any fatwa they want so he's trying to give a fatwa saying if you die with this it will be suicide for you because you are inviting this trouble imam ahmad said i prefer to die as a suicide rather than speak against the kitab of allah eh the reason i'm saying this is because alhamdulillah alhamdulillah allah knows how much iman we have So inshallah we will not be tested like this. But whatever be the case remember that this deen which you and I have we did not we got it free but it did not come cheaply. People who are simply saying better than them my position as I understand it before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is less than the position of the dust on the sh- on the hooves of the donkey of imam ahmad 
people like that they gave their lives for this deen to protect it so that today you and i can stand here and say ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah don't sell it don't allow anyone to convince you to sell it whatever is this deen came from muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam anyone wants to tell you to do something new ask him to give you evidence like imam ahmad said from the kitab of allah or the aqwal al sharifa of the rasul alayhi salam nobody else not my sheikh my sheikh sheikh my murshid my this one my that one my peer my nobody nobody but nobody is above rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and if they cannot give you evidence from the kitab of allah and from the aqwal al karima the beautiful words of muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam reject it do not do stay on the straight and narrow do not stray here and there i want to end with another hadith in support of this a man came a badwar up came to mr sallam and he said ya Rasul, ya muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said tell me what must i do as a muslim Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said say ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah and do not commit shirk he said i will do that and nothing more he said what else Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said pray 5 times a day for salawat the man said i will do that and nothing more yeah the sahaba around the nabi sallallahu they were getting a bit uh, restive or irritated what kind of man is this but they are rough people nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam no keep it he said what else rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the month of ramadan fast in the month of ramadan from the first to the he said i will do that and nothing more he said what else nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam said zakat this is this is how much you have to pay if you have so much explain to him he said i will do that and nothing more what else nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if allah has given you the ability and the, if you if you can afford it then you do hajj once in your lifetime he said i will do that and nothing more then he left so sahaba said ya rasulullah what kind of man is this rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if that man does what he said then allah will give him jannah eh huh? this is the bashara of the nabi alaihi salam directly He said, "If the man does what he said, meaning what? Meaning the aqidah of Tawheed and the faraid of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, what Allah has made for us. If we do this much, inshallah, we will get jannah. If Allah gives tawfiq, by all means, do more. But that more must be in accordance with the kitab of Allah or the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not anything other than that, right?" The reason I'm saying that is because the big problem with bid'ah is bid'ah comes in a very beautiful shape. Somebody committing haram knows it is haram. Somebody is drinking alcohol, he knows it is haram. If a Muslim is drinking alcohol, there is no Muslim who drinks alcohol and says, "No, this is halal for me." No, he knows it is haram. He says, "What can I do? This this addiction, what not?" Right? If somebody is on drugs, he knows it is wrong. Somebody is committing zina, he knows it is wrong. Somebody. but the person so the, the the hope there is that he is doing something knowing wrong therefore inshallah one day he will make tauba there is a hope 
But somebody who is committing bidat thinks it is good things. He thinks it's a, it, that is deen. It takes a very beautiful shape. So he's going and making sujood to a, to a, to a grave and th- he thinks this is deen. He makes a tawaf of a grave, he thinks this is deen. He stands at a grave and makes dua from, the, from whoever is in the grave and he thinks this is, this is Islam. And many other things. Read this, read that, you know, do this, do that. That is the great danger because somebody who is doing something, considering it to be a good deed, how will he make istighfar? For what? Right? So be very careful. This deen came to us with the sacrifice and with the effort and with the price of people who paid it so that we have this deen and we say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us firm. We ask Allah to give us sabr. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us istiqamat. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for us. We ask Allah to spare us and, and save us from all tests. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength. If there is some test, then to be able to pass this test as he pleases. Jalla jalla wa sallallahu ala nabiyil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ar-rahim.